educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, it doesn't seem like Wednesday to me, and I'm sure it doesn't to most of you, but uh, indeed it is. Wednesday, July 5, uh, and it's 5.07 here on 1499.3 KLIN. Uh, remember, if you miss uh, any of the live uh, version of the show. You can always catch us on demand on your favorite podcast platform or just go to klin.com. Uh, by the way, Johnny, I see that uh, Stitcher uh, podcast platform is going away. Oh, so, really? No, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, August 29th. Uh, if you're a Stitcher, uh, <clears throat> if you love the Stitcher for keeping track of your podcasts, uh, you're going to have to go somewhere else. Uh, Google, Spotify, Apple are kind of the <clears throat> favorites, uh, I think, get the most traffic. And by the way, say hello to Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire of the Dan Parsons Show. I'll say I'm coming off of a quick one-day weekend, but um, yeah, you, no complaints for me. Yeah. You, be a trooper, I guess. Yeah, you worked hard. Uh, and I get that. You know, not all of us... Uh, uh, can take uh, that much time off, and uh, but man, that was really nice. Oh, I was saying those people wondering. My one day was Saturday. It wasn't even the holiday. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if uh, if you caught Friday's show, my goodness, did we have fun or what? Uh, <clears throat> on the Friday afternoon club with Chef Kevin, we celebrated the fiftieth anniversary of the Zoo Bar, and uh, yeah, Zoo Fest coming up uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. Uh, in downtown Lincoln, and uh, the pre, the pre festival, the indoor uh, stuff is happening tonight. Uh, Josh Hoyer is going to be at the Zoo Bar, uh, ripping into some great music. So, get down there and see Josh. Um, <clears throat> and coming up on tomorrow's show, uh, being Thursday already, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable. Uh, featuring the other Derek from the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, not Derek Fireherm, who you hear on this show from time to time, but Derek uh, Bombeck, who is the Director of Sports uh, for the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. And uh, he's bringing along Ricky Porter Commence. Uh, and Ricky is the Executive Director of USA Roller Sports. Uh, <clears throat> and they are hosting the 2023 Indoor Roller championship uh, here in Lincoln. I think it starts uh, this week. Um, so that'll be interesting for tomorrow's show. Don't miss that. We will have a Dan good time tomorrow we, and today. And to I, I forgot it during my intro. So. There you go, John. Come on, John. Just because <laughs> we take a few days off. Uh, but yeah, that's what we do. Educate, inform, and entertain. And sometimes we do all three. Uh, we don't shout. We don't grandstand. Uh, we like to build up instead of tear down. Truth over tribalism. Principles over partisanship. And uh, journalism. And we like to celebrate local journalists. And uh, normally we feature hot news with Flatwater Free Press every Monday uh, with Flatwater editor Matthew Hansen. Uh, but uh, none of us were here Monday, so uh, so we're going to do it today. So joining me on the telephone line is Nancy Garter. Uh, Nancy, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, Nancy is a reporter with Flatwater Free Press, and we're going to chat with her about uh, a story that uh, was published just a few days ago uh, about <clears throat> renewable energy industry here in our state. And uh, 
But Nancy, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll embarrass you for a moment and give a little bit of your background, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, Nancy has uh, this. This may be a misprint, so I want to be factual with uh, having a journalist on. But it says forty years' experience covering the news in Nebraska and neighboring Missouri. Um, I haven't met you, Nancy, but uh, you must have started in grade school. Um, uh, but uh, first, as a reporter and editor for the St. Uh, Joseph, Missouri News Press, and then for 28 years uh, at the Omaha World Herald. Uh, Nancy's been honored by the Great Plains Journalism Association for news and feature writing. Uh, she's broken stories on misconduct by government officials and has been the go-to reporter in Nebraska for news on climate and extreme weather. And uh, and I didn't know this, Nancy. You've actually authored a book called Nebraska Weather. Yeah, it's a gorgeous coffee table book, and it features the um, best photos of the World Herald reporters, pardon me, photographers going back probably more than 100 years. And it's, uh, if you, obviously as a Nebraskan, you understand that weather dictates life, so it really is like a diary of, of daily life in Nebraska. And I, I couldn't be prouder of the work of my colleagues and the out the ability to share their work with our readers. Yeah. It talks, I, about, it talks about climate and weather and explains why we have the weather we have. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I'll have to check that out. I did look it up today, and it's available on most places you would find uh, those publications. And, and yeah, the reviews I read, it's wonderfully written and beautifully uh, uh, photography in it. So, yeah, very cool. Well, Nancy, <clears throat> thanks for uh, uh, coming in. And I, I guess I guess we gave Matthew the day off, so he probably deserves that. So, uh um, but uh, I did. I wanted to chat with you a little bit about this story that uh, the headline is Arrival of Large-Scale Solar Projects in Nebraska Met with Resistance. And if you don't mind, I'll just read uh, a little bit of the lead. Uh, Dan Griffith is just scraping by. His work restoring windmills and the economy uh, and the income from his farmland has kept the lights on, he said, but not much more. Uh, that could change if Griffith's plans uh, survive one of the latest controversies to grip rural Nebraska. Uh, Griffith's 160 acres in Lancaster County, uh, typically planted with corn and soybeans, are prime real estate for Nebraska's newest cash crop, solar power. And uh, Dan goes on to say that he's been working dead-end jobs since he got out of college. Uh, and with the solar farm, once it gets going, I could see maybe an excess of six figures a year steadily. But where Griffith, uh, Nancy writes, but where Griffith and others see opportunity, even necessity, some rural residents see betrayal. And it has sparked a backlash across the state resulting in lawsuits in Lancaster County, the recall of an elected official in Saunders County, and solar zoning regulations in Kearney and Gage Counties that are among some of the most restrictive in the nation. So uh, I urge our listeners to go check that out, Nancy. Um, so fascinating story, and I know you spent a lot of time. And, and just uh, uh, for transparency to our, uh, for our listeners, uh, as Nancy knows, uh, I do some work in the renewable energy uh, industry here in the state, so I'm very familiar with it. But, uh, um, yeah, that's a, it was a fascinating read nancy thank you uh tell us um because you you attended some meetings you uh, talked with some folks about this story so um 
yeah, the, 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 the support is quite strong and the resistance is quite strong. I'm not sure. Um, I've gone to a recent meeting on wind power. But uh, did you have a follow-up question on well, that? Well, I was just <clears throat> I was just curious of how you gathered uh, information on this story because I know uh, because it does, and we've got about a minute before we have to take a quick break here, Nancy. But uh, because I know these projects uh, stretch from border to border, uh, practically here in the state, and I was just curious of how you went about doing your research. It's like most stories where you call people who you think might be um, involved in it. And and if they're the right person, they help you out. If they aren't, uh, they'll most often direct you to someone else. And it really is just uh, connecting the dots and getting to know people and uh, spending time on the phone and in person if possible with people and getting to understand uh, uh, their point of view and what's driving them. Yeah. Because- and, of course, lots of research. Lots of research. With, with Lots of research. Yeah. Well, Nancy, uh, <clears throat> this the time does go fast. I, I apologize. Uh, let's take this quick little break, and we'll be back after this message to continue our conversation here on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. Uh, we're catching up from Monday. Uh, typically on Mondays, we feature hot news with Flatwater Free Press with uh, Matthew Hansen, uh, the editor of Nebraska's very first nonprofit newsroom. But uh, we gave Matthew the day off. Uh, but we do have one of his great reporters, uh, Nancy Garter, who uh, has been covering uh, weather and climate change uh, in Missouri and Nebraska, 28 years at the Omaha World Herald, and she's authored uh, a piece that you can find on flatwaterfreepress.org. And like all of their uh, stories, they're free not only to our readers, uh, but also uh, to other news organizations. Uh, uh, just a great concept that's uh, uh, really, I think, the future of uh, journalism uh, saving journalism, in my humble opinion. But Nancy's piece, Arrival of Large-Scale Solar Projects in Nebraska, uh, met with resistance. And Nancy, I'm just curious, as you were talking with people about uh, these projects across the state, um, what were some of the objections from uh, from citizens uh, to these projects? Well, the, I'd, I'd like to cover both objections and uh, uh, reasons for yeah, it. Yeah, please. Uh, objections um, are... Um, well, you know, one of the things that's so wonderful about Nebraska is its beautiful viewscape, especially when you go west into the sand hills uh, and and the grass, and, and 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 it's just absolutely stunning to be out there. And and you can imagine that um, it sparks a visceral reaction when people think about instead of just seeing an unobstructed view, there's wind towers everywhere. Mm-hmm. So that that it changes, it fundamentally changes the nature of what it is when we look upon our landscape. And then there is um, some people who live near a uh, wind turbine say they have health effects, um, uh, headache, um, anxiety, depression. Um, the um, um, there's there's the possibility of flicker if they're if they aren't situated far enough away from your home. And uh, and then there's the question of do you have lights on them? And so do you even see them at night when you're looking out across the landscape? So there's 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 potential health effects. Um, and there's viewscape issues with wind turbines. Um, wind turbines are scattered across the landscape at high points to capture the wind. Nebraska has phenomenal wind, 
So we're in what's called the Saudi Arabia of the planet for wind. Yes. Um, so we have tremendous potential if we choose to, to make um, an economic um, asset out of our wind. Um, but at a cost, right? Yes. And then solar, solar um, is concentrated in one spot, and so it takes up a lot of land in one spot. Um, and, uh, and, and, and usually decent, flat, rolling farmland. And mm-hmm. so it's a, it consumes land, and it consumes land in a way that wind doesn't. So the, uh, and then some people object to um, the fact that, hey, when I moved out to the country, I didn't expect to see a wind farm or a solar farm. And, and that does, that's not what I bought into. Um, the proponents um, argue that, uh, like corn and uh, soybeans, uh, we're harvesting energy from the wind mm-hmm. and sun. You know, a lot of Nebraska's farmland is to generate energy, gasohol, ethanol, right. that kind of right. thing. Right, yeah, we spend oh, a lot oh. of uh, of our land to generate uh, corn for ethanol, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. And there's a lot of inputs and there's a lot of environmental consequences from that. Um, so, so the argument is that it's it's uh, uh, it's 2.0 of that sort of agricultural energy. Um, furthermore, when you build wind farms and solar farms in Nebraska, you're paying Nebraska landowners for that mm-hmm. use of their land, and you're paying taxes into the school district. When you power your state with coal, and 50% of our energy comes from coal right. or nuclear or um, or natural gas, all things that we use in Nebraska and we need, you're sending your money out of state. Yeah, we don't get any of the benefits of that, just the yeah. negative impacts. Right, right. So proponents are saying, let's keep that money in Nebraska. Let's uh, give money into the pocket, put money into the pockets of landowners, farmers, and ranchers so they can rebuild their fences after grass fires, at, so they can um, restore their land. Um, so so it, it, it is, has the potential to not only um, render, to provide steady ag income to uh, rural Nebraska, but also feed tax revenues. And then finally, uh, prove an economic boost. Some people have described renewable energy as as the big thing for this century for rural America. But again, it doesn't come without a cost. Right. And um, and and you're asking people who may not directly personally benefit to accept in rural America what many people in urban America already accept, which is a power generation station in the Omaha. There is a coal plant in the mm-hmm. city, not 20 miles north like Fort Calhoun Nuclear Station used to be, but in Omaha. So um, power generation um, comes at a consequence, and whether you're living in, in an urban area and you, you've got issues with coal ash or coal mm-hmm. plant emissions, or whether you're living in a rural community and, and suddenly your viewscape or your understanding of what rural America is all about is is being challenged. Yeah. And so it's a very tough, tough thing. Yeah. We're visiting with Nancy Garter uh, from Flatwater Free Press. Uh, you can read her story uh, about uh, large-scale solar projects in Nebraska, how they're being bet- met with uh, uh, resistance in communities across the state. And uh, uh, you can read that on flatwaterfreepress.org and, um, and all of the great stories that Flatwater uh, publishes on their 
uh, on their site and sign up for Matthew's Matthew Hansen's uh, weekly newsletter as well uh, that he puts out every Friday. Yeah, Nancy, uh, yeah, the potential is just amazing. As you said, uh, uh, national experts rank uh, our wind potential, as you as you mentioned, third in the nation uh, for potential. And solar uh, is not much uh, far behind, is 13th. Uh, uh, they, uh, the potential for um, how much energy that we can um, provide uh, should we decide to continue down that road. And, and that's just it. I mean, with the technology uh, and the advances we're making uh, in, in both of these technology, with both solar and wind, uh, the prices can because I remember a few years ago, and again i 've been involved in this industry for a few years here in Nebraska. Uh, part of the arguments and, and rightly so, because as you know, Nancy and our listeners are probably familiar, uh, thanks to George Norris and Nebraska is the only one hundred percent public power state in america and so uh, it 's they are charged uh, the taxpayers are the shareholders, if you will, of those public power utilities. And so it's their uh, elected duty, those uh, board board members, to make sure that we get uh, the very cheapest energy that we can. And so I remember years ago, part of the pushback uh, developing uh, renewable energy projects in Nebraska was the cost. Well, that's no longer the case because uh, wind and solar uh, is now cheaper uh, in most cases uh, than uh, traditional energy sources. And so. Um, so that certainly isn't a problem. <clears throat> That's certainly not an issue anymore. Uh, but yes, the uh, the misinformation campaigns. Um, and, and yes, uh, let's the the items you mentioned, Nancy, of viewscape and concern for land use. Uh, you know, those those are addressed uh, uh, in statute uh, most of the time. And uh, so they're. It's not like it's wild wild west. I mean, these developers have to abide by. Uh, uh, the regulations that are in place, but it just seems like more and more uh, that there's more and more pushback, uh, in, in, in my opinion, based on a lot of misinformation. I think that there's one, one more thing that, for whatever reason, hasn't... The, um, many people will say, let's just use coal or let's just use nuclear. And um, I've always been a proponent of all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, um, as my understanding of climate change grew, um, you know, I reluctantly had to let coal go by the wayside. And, and why is that? Um, you know, cl- with climate change, you know, research on the climate change is, is such that, that the scientific certainty that humans are changing weather is on par with our certainty that cigarettes cause cancer. That's the same level of certainty. And the latest research shows, and this is their language from the global scientific community, is that it's unequivocal that humans are warming the planet. And and when they say, gosh, we've got seven years to cut production by uh, emissions by 30, 40%, that's a a staggering task. 
yeah, yeah. something something uh, needs to continue to move forward. Well, Nancy, our time is up already. Okay. I I apologize. Uh, uh, thank you for your work. Thank you for uh, being here. And uh, we'll take this quick break after the news, and we'll be back after this on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Educating. Informing. Entertaining the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN, and that's exactly what we aim to do each and every day here on the Dan Parsons Show: educate, inform, little entertainment, and boy, howdy! If you uh, caught Friday's show with Chef Kevin Shin, uh, we did all of that. Uh, we had the Zubar uh, royalty in the house, and uh, a couple of national acts by phone, and so. Yeah, Zoo Fest, 50th anniversary of the, the zoo, the legendary zoo bar, uh, in Lincoln starts tomorrow night, uh, in downtown Lincoln. So don't miss that. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, and Josh Hoyer and Soul Colossal are performing tonight, uh, inside, uh, at the zoo bar. So get down there and support, uh, Live Lincoln music. Well, uh, if you miss, uh, if you missed Friday's show, you can, uh, always catch it anytime you like on demand on your favorite podcast platform or just go to klin.com. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, it's the Lincoln Business Roundtable featuring uh, the other Derek uh, from the Lincoln Chamber, not Derek Fireherm, uh, but Derek Bombeck, who's the Director of Sports uh, for the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and he's bringing along Ricky Porter Commence. And uh, Ricky, is she is the Executive Director of USA Roller Sports, uh, a big dang deal here in this city and has been for many years. Uh, and they're hosting the 2023 Indoor Roller Skating Championship uh, right here in Lincoln, America. Uh, so we'll catch up with those folks tomorrow. It'll be fun. Uh, every Thursday we talk business, uh, uh, the successes and triumphs and challenges of the business community here in the city. Um, and don't forget to check us out on our Twitter and Facebook accounts for The Dan Parsons Show. We'd love to continue the conversation uh, after hours, if you will. Uh, and thanks to Nancy Garter uh, from Flatwater Free Press. Uh, since we missed uh, our typical Monday with Matthew Hansen, the editor of Flatwater Free Press, uh, we caught up with their <clears throat> reporters to today. And we're talking about a very important topic uh, to the state of Nebraska and uh, Nancy's story, which you can read um, on flatwaterfreepress.org. 
uh, arrival of large-scale solar projects in Nebraska met with resistance. Uh, Nancy did a really good job of uh, detailing uh, <clears throat> some of the opposition, uh, but also support uh, across the state. Uh, and joining me uh, is an, uh, an attorney who's uh, really one of the preeminent uh, experts on uh, uh, land use and uh, uh, David Levy uh, is an attorney with Baird Home Law Firm here in Lincoln and Omaha, and uh, David represents clients in zoning, land use, uh, energy, uh, municipal law, uh, and general real estate matters. And like I said, uh, David is really uh, one of the state's experts in the rules and regulations uh, for renewable energy projects in the state. David, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show. Well, Dan, thank you very much. It's a a pleasure to be on. I appreciate the opportunity, and I just have to take a, a brief moment to say you were talking about the zoo bar, and uh, I think that the first bar stool I ever sat on was in the zoo bar <laughs> in about 1974. Nice. Uh, my my be- my beverage at the time was certainly non-alcoholic. I think I was five or six, uh, but my dad was a big fan, and and I remember distinctly uh, going there with him, not realizing at the time, of course, that it was. Lincoln's new hot spot, but it was and uh, continues to be a, a, a great institution. So, oh my gosh! Um, yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't pass that up. But, but anyway, again, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. And David, yeah, you uh, grew up or spent uh, quite a bit of your childhood here in Lincoln before uh, moving on and then coming back to Omaha. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <clears throat> flatwaterfreepress.org uh, and you know every as you know uh, Matthew Hansen, uh, editor of uh, Flatwater, is uh, on every Monday here on the show and um, and so we, since we missed Monday um, and and just for our listeners uh, we know you and I do some work together and uh, uh, I do some work in the renewable energy uh, industry here in the state have for years and uh, but not well maybe a little bit uh, similar uh, path that you have but you have David you've uh, you've been in this industry uh, since the start and you've seen it uh, struggle and grow and uh, the potential is really really uh, immense uh, the opportunity we have in this state to grow this industry yeah and, and it absolutely is and and you know I know this story that we're talking about was about solar and I agree I think Nancy did a, a great job and I think the Flatwater Free Press uh, does a great job and I uh, appreciate their their voice on this and and all issues and I, I look back we were working hard on wind energy and working at the legislature and doing all that and then about 2016 um solar utility scale solar started to make more and more financial sense uh many people don't know this or might not think it but uh nebraska is actually a top 10 state among the 50 states in the nation uh, for solar energy potential. Mm-hmm. We're not quite Arizona, but uh, we have excellent uh, potential. Uh, we have lots of, of land, of course, open land. Uh, there, there is some uh, tension between farmland being used for corn or soybeans or whatever, but uh, it can also certainly be used to grow electricity. Uh, and I, I think it's a great opportunity for our state uh, for our counties and school districts and taxing entities to have a great source of income, for landowners to have a great source of income, uh, for people to keep land in the family uh, after they might be done 
actively farming it. Um, and, and really the business models with solar are sort of endless from rooftop on your house to uh, on the roof of a parking garage powering an office building or helping power an office building to a utility scale solar farm taking up two or 3,000 acres, uh, you know, of agricultural land, um, which is, of course, a very, very small fraction of the land we put to agriculture in the state. It, it, this really is a tremendous opportunity. Uh, for our great state. Yeah, it really is. Visiting with David Levy uh, from Baird Home Law Firm, uh, one of the experts on uh, rules and regulations of both solar and wind uh, here in Nebraska. Uh, well, David, I, I uh, dug out this uh, article from the World Herald for our uh, chat today. Uh, this appeared in the World Herald back in January uh, from our from our friend Mike Johans, uh, former governor, from, former United States senator yeah. from Nebraska, and former secretary of agriculture. Um, and uh, he wrote uh, in the World Herald um, that renewable energy projects harvest a crop just like other farming methods. Therefore, it should be clear that landowners have the right to allow renewable energy projects on their farmland. And I think that's what gets lost, or it, it tends to get lost in some of these stories. Uh, and, and, and I don't mean Nancy's stories, but some of the conversations that we have across the state about uh, some of the objections um, uh, to some of these projects. And But there's also the other flip side of that is the right uh, to those landowners uh, to use that land uh, in the way they would like. No, no question about that, and and that's very well said. I I, I love that you pulled that up and and read that quote. It's 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 perfectly said. Um, and yeah, you know, all zoning regulations are an imposition on private property rights, uh, and our constitution and the the United States Constitution and our laws allow governments to impose on people's property rights with, with zoning without paying them for that imposition, but only only so far as minimally necessary to protect the public health, safety, and welfare. Mm-hmm. And when you think about a solar farm protecting the public health, safety, and welfare by, by imposing regulations that prohibit solar farms or, or make them fundamentally infeasible, to me, seems the opposite of protecting the public health, safety, and welfare. Uh, that's not to say by any means that there should be no rules or regulations. All, all zoning regulations and ordinances are, are a balance. Yeah, I can't. The rights of, yeah, you know, I, yeah, I can't uh, do anything I want with the uh, lot next door to my home here in the in, in the city. Yeah, there, there are rules and regulations of what can happen there, and and so yeah, those zoning regulations are there for a purpose. It, absolutely, and and they balance the rights of the people who want to want to do whatever it might be, and and those who may or may not want to live next door to it. Uh, but our attorney general, uh, former. Prior Attorney General Peterson issued a, a opinion, and I believe it was 2019, where he said that zoning regulations cannot be used to prohibit directly or indirectly an otherwise legal land use, and and certainly solar energy, uh, whether it be utility scale or or whatever it might be, is is legal, is beneficial, um, and you know, so the the goal is is regulations that protect what needs to be protected while allowing and encouraging the investment and the the landowner 
uh, opportunity and, and the tax opportunity that comes with it, just like any other land use. And, and I understand, I, you know, solar is new and it's, it's different and, and something that takes up two or 3,000 acres uh, is, is big and that's a big change in a community. Um, but there are a lot of benefits and, and that land use should be treated with fairness and respect like any other land use. And, and the city of Lincoln and Lancaster County uh, are great examples of jurisdictions that have good and, and I think fair zoning regulations and ordinances that allow for the use but protect mm-hmm. the things that need to be protected and require developers to do things like visual screening uh, and other things that, that they should absolutely uh, do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's it's kind of a deal where there's room for everybody. Absolutely. Visiting with David Levy with Bayard Home Law Firm about uh, renewable energy uh, here in Nebraska. Well, David, if you can hang on uh, through this quick break, and we'll finish our conversation on the other side, uh, here on 1499.3 KLIN. Listening to the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show. You know, normally we uh, chat with our friends at Flatwater Free Press on Mondays, uh, but since none of us were here on Monday, uh, Matthew Hansen uh, took the day off today. But he sent one of his great reporters. Uh, thanks again to Nancy Gardner uh, for her work uh, on the. Uh, uh, flatwaterfreepress.org. You can read Nancy's story uh, about large-scale solar projects are being met with uh, some resistance uh, here in the state. And if you missed uh, that part of the uh, show, uh, you can always uh, catch us on your favorite podcast platform any darn time you like, uh, or just go to klin.com. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, it's our Lincoln Business Roundtable. Uh, every Thursday, we invite the business uh, leaders here in our community, uh, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, uh, Downtown Lincoln Association, and others uh, to come in and talk about uh, what's going on in the business world uh, here in our fair city. And tomorrow, we'll feature uh, Derek Bombeck, who's the Director of Sports uh, for the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, a fairly new position uh, because uh, we continue to uh, capitalize on uh, youth sports and other sporting events in addition to, uh, obviously, the uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, but there's a, a very big industry uh, in the country and certainly uh, growing uh, more here in our community uh, with some of the amenities that we're building. So anyway, Derek uh, Bombeck, Director of Sports and Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, will be here along with Ricky porter Commence. Uh, Ricky is the Executive Director of USA Roller Sports, uh, another uh, 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 growing continues to grow uh, sport here in the country, and they do the uh, 2023 uh, Indoor Roller Skating Championships uh, here in Lincoln. So anyway, we'll talk with them uh, tomorrow uh, at 5 o'clock, 5.08, here on the Dan Parsons Show. And don't forget, uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we'd love to carry on the conversation after the show. Um, has ended on the Twitter and the Facebook. Uh, well, thanks to David Levy for joining us. Uh, David is an attorney with Baird Home Law Firm here in Lincoln and Omaha, and David represents a plethora of uh, clients, including uh, renewable energy in the state. So, David, thanks for uh, hanging around. You know, one of the questions I wanted to uh, to dive into a little bit in our remaining few minutes here, um, you know, and I mentioned this to, to Nancy, uh, as our listeners know, and as you know very, very well, uh, Nebraska being the only state in the nation with 100% um, 
public power. Uh, there's a growing movement by those board, uh, those elected board of directors to our public utilities in the state uh, to. You know, it's their charge to keep those costs down as low as possible. They're not like corporations in other states that uh, uh, that run those uh, utilities like a business that they are. Uh, but it's public utilities, so they're charged with uh, keeping those rates as low as they can for taxpayers. And uh, lo and behold, <laughs> renewable energy costs continue to decline compared to traditional uh, coal and, and, and uh, gas. So uh, there is an economic uh, incentive to continue to develop renewable energy here in our state. By all means, uh, wind, wind energy uh, is the cheapest uh, form of energy generation uh, on available today uh, by some measure. Um, solar energy is, is more expensive than wind, but it is right there. Uh, and competitive with other forms of generation, coal and natural gas. And, and of course, the, the built-in advantage that renewable energy has is that the fuel is free. Yeah. So the price of that energy is predictable for very long periods of time, 20, 25, 30 years. I, I think our utilities in our state do, do a great job, and, and uh, I think the fact that there are political subdivisions and public entities with elected Boards of directors is is great, and I know they strive to uh, bring the lowest cost power as the statutes require to the to the people of the state of Nebraska. And uh, buying uh, energy in bulk from solar farms and wind farms is absolutely and entirely consistent with that mandate and that goal. And uh, as you mentioned, I think does also further their goals that their boards of directors uh, have sent to uh, have uh, certain levels of carbon-free generation by certain dates or, or have entirely carbon-free generation by certain dates. So renewable energy really truly is a, a win-win at the utility scale in that it is uh, cheaper or cheapest or price competitive depending on what it is, but it is not more expensive, demonstrably more expensive. We're going to make all of our power bills shoot up, uh, and it achieves the, the carbon-free uh, goals that those utilities have as well. It's reliable, uh, and it's predictable. And, uh, you know, anybody who's in business knows that having your biggest uh, input cost of doing business be something that you can predict for a very long period of time is very advantageous to uh, running an efficient and effective business. And again, utility scale, wind energy and, and solar energy uh, absolutely fit that bill. Yeah. Well, and, you know, as we wind down the show here, David, I'd like to have you back sometime to talk about uh, some of this misinformation campaigns that are going on. And, and, and again, uh, God bless, uh, you know, that's the great thing about the state we live in, in Nebraska. I mean, your neighbors, you may not agree uh, with your neighbor on every political issue. Uh, it's probably guaranteed that you're not. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't uh, at least uh, have a conversation. Uh, but we're just seeing, and I know you're on the front lines day after day after day uh, in these public hearings across the state and hearing 
some of these wild stories and and uh, you know people are relying on on google as their uh, uh, as their expert uh, uh, source of information and uh, and so it, again i'm in the business of information i'm in the business of helping my clients and now i've got a stinking microphone in front of me i'm in the business of helping people understand facts and not uh fictitious uh, wild stories of of windmills causing cancer and that stuff like that. So anyway, we'll come back another time and, and talk about that. But I, I wanted to maybe uh, end our uh, conversation here today, David, talking about uh, just briefly, and again, I know it's a longer conversation, uh, about the tax benefits to these projects across the state. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely, and thank you. And I will just say, you know, to your point about um not agreeing on everything. There's a quote that I love that says, if two people agree on everything, you can be sure that one of, only one of them is doing all the thinking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in, in terms of the tax benefits, I mean, let's use a project that is right there in, in Lincoln and Lancaster yeah. County, and that's the Salt Creek Solar yeah. Project that, that the city and county have approved. That's about a 250 megawatt uh solar farm let's, let's use round numbers for easy math i'm an attorney after all so we've got about the math 30, easy. we've got about 30 seconds yeah go. i'm sorry sure so that project will generate approximately a million dollars in new tax revenue uh every year over its life like any other new tax revenue about two-thirds of that goes to the schools about 20 to 25 percent of it goes to the county itself or the city itself and the remainder uh, goes to the taxing yeah. entities. Yeah. So these are significant sources of, of new tax revenue. You bet. And solar panels don't go to schools, you so bet. it's net new revenue. That's right. David, thank you. That's it. That's a wrap on 1,499.3 KLIN.